the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Yesterday here on the program, we brought to you the first portion of the Ten Virgins in the Midnight Cry. We'll complete that broadcast here today. You may already know that due to our time constraints, we are not always able to bring you the complete message at one sitting. But you are always able to go to reachingyourheart.com. And there on the main page, you'll see the broadcast schedule. This message in its entirety, as well as any of the other broadcasts you hear are available there for you to download or listen to. Let's get underway with the conclusion to The Ten Virgins and the Midnight Cry. Here's Pastor Michael Oxentanko. In Lamentations 4.2, it says, The precious sons of Zion, worth their weight in fine gold, how they are reckoned as earthen pots, the work of a potter's hands. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 7, Paul writes, For it is the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. And then he says, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels to show that the transcendent power belongs to God and not to us. I mean, God works with some pretty ordinary folk in this world. He works with people who don't look like superstars. He works with people who have made mistakes, who have come from bad backgrounds. He works with people who have had tragedy in their life, who have sinned against him, but have come to the foot of the cross and laid it down right there. And he takes the earthen vessel and he gives the Holy Spirit to them. And as he works in us, Christ in us, the hope of glory, the transcendent glory of Christ manifest in that which seems altogether ordinary. That is what God desires to do in the gospel. The light of the knowledge of the glory of Jesus Christ is the treasure that is found in earthen vessels. The oil of the Holy Spirit gives you light when you treasure Jesus Christ and His Word. Christ's light becomes light in you. Recently, science has had some major breakthroughs. They have genetically modified a dog to glow in the dark. How would you like that? Our dog, Smokey, does not glow in the dark. I wish he did. He runs away. He ran away this week. He was gone all night. A neighbor found him, finally called us. If he had glowed in the dark, maybe I could have chased him through the woods or something. They've done this for pigs and even a little kitty cat. Glow in the dark animals. Sooner or later, they're going to do this to a human being, I'm afraid. I mean, they're playing around with genes on a scale that's not very impressive. It's scary. What makes an animal glow in the dark is that its genes have been modified. So it has the chemicals for bioluminescence that makes this happen. Friend, when you accept Christ, something happens in your life. You're internally modified. The Holy Spirit comes into the earthen vessel. And you glow in the dark because Christ is in you, the hope of glory. It's not you glowing, it's Christ glowing in you. So the wise virgins made it their business to store up the words of Jesus Christ and to spend time with Jesus Christ in the Word. I mean, we're living in a time when too many Christians have got this idea that they don't need to be studying their Bibles. 
I mean, they come to church and they bring a book on philosophy. They bring some book of a Christian author, but they don't bring their Bibles. Friend, God has given us the Word of God so we can study it, so we can know it. It doesn't mean you're a theologian or anything, but when you dig into the Word of God and you apply its principles to your life, the Word of God brings Christ into your life and you begin to glow. You should bring your Bible, mark your Bible. I use highlighting techniques. You should live on every word of your Bible. You should use your Bible as entertainment. Come to prayer meeting for entertainment. Make the Word of God and fellowship around it your life. Do not miss the Sabbath school study early before the church service because it's a focus upon the Word of God in the fellowship with other believers. And we're living in a time when so many Christians do not want to bother to be Bible-believing Christians. To glow in the dark, you must have the Word of God. You must have the light of Jesus in you. So the wise virgins made it their business to store up the words of the Bible. The foolish virgins didn't bother bringing flasks. The parable indicates that they didn't bother from the very beginning. Only the five wise took flasks with oil to meet the darkness of the night. In the parable, the bridegroom was delayed. And we know that when the great Advent awakening occurred in the 1800s, they thought Christ was coming right back then. But there has been a delay. We have moved two centuries into the future. And we look at the time in between. It's been the worst history of the world. Global wars, confusion, economic chaos, millions of lives lost in terrible conflicts. And yet the bridegroom has been delayed. In the parable, the bridegroom was delayed just as we have realized in history. In Matthew 25, 5, it says, But while the bridegroom was delayed, look what it says, They all slumbered and slept. It doesn't say five of them did. It says they all did. Now, two words are used for the lethargy of the night. The word for slumber is nustadzo in Greek, and it means to nod off to sleep. Kind of nod. It means to become drowsy. You're trying to stay awake, but you can't. So you're kind of nodding off, but you're trying to stay awake. The word for sleep is kathudo, and in the Greek it means a deep sleep. I would like to propose to you that five of them were nodding off, and five of them fell into a deep sleep because they were not trying to stay awake. They were all affected by the night, but the attitude of five was different from the attitude of the other five. Why? Because when you're trying to have enough oil to stay awake, you're only nodding off. The Bible teaches that God has a way of coming into your night to save you. you know, maybe you're hearing me and you're saying, Pastor Mike, you know, right now things are dark in my life. I don't know how to deal with the stuff that's been thrown at me this year. I had a health challenge that was like crazy. I had economic struggles. I lost my job or my house has had to be refinanced so many times. I don't know what to do. I mean, it's dark right now for me. Friend, there's a reason why Jesus is the light of the world. Christ is the light of the world because it's his business to come into the darkness of your night and make your life glow. He is not content to leave you there. And so when the bridegroom comes, it's a call to light, not a call to night. It comes in the darkness of the midnight hour of earth's history, but it's a call to the future. The parable affirms that the gospel, the call of the midnight cry, is a call of mercy that breaks the power of the darkness for sincere Christians who are trying to stay awake even though they haven't. 
Even the wise are not fully ready until the midnight cry calls them into action and their preparation, imperfect though it was, it was still there. They had prepared by spending time in the Word of God. And they are called into action. It's no accident that God chose to deliver the children of Israel at midnight. In Exodus 11, 4-6, and Moses says, Thus says the Lord, About midnight I will go forth in the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sits upon his throne, even to the firstborn of the maidservant who is behind the meal, and all the firstborn of the cattle. And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there has never been, nor ever shall be again. It was the midnight cry. The exodus from Egypt followed the midnight cry. And notice the words of the parable in Matthew 25, 6. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go ye out to meet him. The angels came to Lot in the night and called him out of Sodom. The midnight cry in Egypt was part of God's calling out of Egypt at Passover. The kingdom of Babylon fell in the book of Daniel in the Old Testament in the middle of a night feast when they were celebrating to their gods and profaning the vessels of God. It was dark at night when Babylon fell. And the Bible teaches us that the last call for his people is the midnight cry. In the book of Revelation, the plague of darkness falls on the kingdom of the beast in the fifth plague. And just after the darkness falls, it becomes midnight for the Christian world that has rejected Jesus. In the sixth plague, there is a midnight cry to wake up sincere Christians just before Jesus returns. It parallels the cry in the parable of the ten virgins. Revelation 16, 15. The Bible says, and Jesus is speaking here, Behold, I am coming like a thief. Blessed is the one who stays awake and keeps his clothes so that he will not walk about naked and men will not see his shame. In Matthew 25, 6, in the parable of the ten virgins, the midnight cry begins with the word, Behold. In Revelation 16, 15, the cry that follows the darkening of the sun in the fifth plague starts with the word, Behold. In Matthew 25, 6, in the parable of the ten virgins, the text says, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go out to meet him. In Revelation 16, 15, this text says, Behold, I am coming like a thief. The midnight cry is the voice of Jesus that will awaken his church at the end of time. It is the final call that will announce the second coming of Christ. In earth's darkest hour, the light of the world will speak. It will be the midnight cry. I want to hear that cry. What about you? I want to go home. I don't want to live in this world anymore. I want to go home. Revelation 18, 4 and 5. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you may not participate in her sins, that you may not receive of her plagues. For Babylon's sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. For us to go to glory, we have to leave this world in our heart and minds. We cannot be of the mentality that our future is here. We must plant our hopes on the world to come We must let go of that stuff that defiles us here and seek the better land. And so to hear the midnight cry, we must leave Babylon. We must leave captivity. The Bible teaches that the mainline churches at the end of time will unite with the secular state to persecute those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Faithful Christians will not be the majority. They will be a remnant, a minority. They will be handed over by death panels. They'll be handed over by the state. 
They'll be forced into circumstances where they cannot buy or sell. And it will look as if a Bible-believing people will perish from the face of the earth in a single night. And when that dark night comes, the darkest night in human history, God will call His people out. The midnight cry is the call to see and to behold. The midnight cry is a call to come home to God. The midnight cry is the call to come out of Babylon and captivity. When it is midnight, friend, and you cannot see the light because of the darkness, Christ is the light of the world. His voice pierces the darkness. In the darkness of the end, God Himself will provide the light for the night. And so virgins are those who follow the Lamb. He is the light. He knows the way. And suddenly in the parable, all ten virgins reach down for their lamps because the midnight cry has been heard. Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. Verse 7 of Matthew 25, Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. As the call to see is heard in the thickness of the night, the foolish reach for their lamps and the light. And as soon as they trim them, their lamps go out. No oil means no light for the night. They have made the fatal mistake of not preparing for the hour of crisis. They've made the fatal mistake of simply hanging around the righteous, but not following God's clear command to study the Word of God, to grow in the things of God. And so no light means they are lost to stumble in the night. Dear heart, if you're waiting to get ready for the second coming of Jesus Christ, if you're waiting to get ready, you will not be ready. Did you hear me? You will not be ready if you're waiting for the appearance of the Antichrist before you accept Jesus Christ. You're waiting too long. If you're waiting for the right time to change your life, it won't come. Today is the day to make the change. Today is the day to seek Jesus, to let the Holy Spirit have its work in you, to let go of those things that get in the way of God's work in your life. Literally in the Greek, in Matthew 25, 6, it says the call went out at midnight. The Greek says literally the call suddenly happened at midnight. Christ uses a dramatic use of the Greek perfect tense. It suddenly happened at midnight. The midnight cry was heard without warning. God's message suddenly broke into the night with the call to awake. Suddenly no one is asleep, everyone is awake, both the wise and the foolish. There will come a time in the history of the world... Whether you believe it or not, you will believe at that point that Christ is coming because the world will be moving in such a rapid pace toward the end. Events will be transpiring. The message of God will be going. It will be apparent that Jesus is coming. And because the foolish have no oil, because they have failed to prepare for this critical hour of earth's history, they will not be ready for the second coming of Christ. You see, the onus of the parable is on those who believe It's on Advent believers who keep the commandments of God. It's on those who have had great opportunity to know the Word of God, but who have desired the fluff of the world instead of the deep things of God. They are wholly unprepared for the second coming of Christ. The oil of the Holy Spirit found in the study of the Word of God and obedience to God prepares the life to shine at the very end. Friend, the preacher can't study the Bible for you. The pastor can't pray enough for you to make it through the end. The minister can't pray the Holy Spirit into you. You have a flask. You have an earthen vessel. It's God's will for you to shine with the light of His glory. The gift of the oil is a gift. 
It comes by association with Jesus. It is not something you achieve. It is something you receive. But you must by faith receive Jesus through prayer and study to receive the gift. The central truth of the parable is this. You cannot at the last moment make up for the lack you acquired all your life because of the foolish disregard of God's word in your life. The consequences of spiritual folly are fatal and final in the parable. In the parable, as they were scrambling to get ready for the bridegroom, the bridegroom came anyway. And he took the wise to the marriage feast. The foolish went out to buy oil at midnight. The shops had closed. The oil could not be bought. And it could not be brought back. They had bought into the postmodern lie that there is no second coming. They didn't need to know Bible prophecy. didn't need to know the gospel necessarily. Just needed Christian community. Just hanging out with the right virgins. That's all they needed. No. They had failed to understand that they needed to study their Bibles to prepare. In the night they stumble to the door that is shut because they have no light for the night. Matthew 25.10 And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. And afterward the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. What is life eternal? In John 17, 3, it says, This is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, in Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. We get to know God through our Bible. We get to know God through prayer, by having a devotional life. And we get to know God when we submit our life to the gospel. Where we quit trying to prove to God that we're good, because we aren't. But we surrender to his righteousness. And that comes through repentance and faith in Jesus. Without these things, there's no future. Christ in you, the hope of glory, is Christ in you. The Christ who died for you is not content to only be your substitute. The Christ who died for you wants to be your friend. He wants to be your living companion every day for the rest of your life. The righteousness of Christ means all of these. In the night they stumble and the door is shut because they have no light for the night. If you fill your flask with God's word and the truth of Jesus' teaching, the gospel, you will have oil for the midnight cry. You will be ready if you follow his counsel. Everyone who has oil gets to the marriage feast. Everyone. Christ will recognize you at the feast if you have oil in your lamp. You will have light to follow Jesus to the feast. The parable is a call to watch and to be alert in the Christian life. And I'll tell you what doesn't help. We are living in a time when the entertainment industry will take you right out of Christ in five minutes. Am I right? Did I say it right or not? You go to Best Buy or someplace, you buy the wrong DVD. You stick it in your entertainment panel. You're out of Christ because you made a conscious decision to buy something you knew would defile you in your walk with Christ. It's no different than bowing down to an idol. Am I right? That's what they did in ancient times. They would find an idol, they'd prepare it, and then they'd bow down to it. That's what's happening in the home entertainment systems of our church and of our country And you cannot have oil in your flask if you're doing this. Now, I know it's difficult to resist the pressures of the media culture. I walk by a store and that stuff can just suck you right in if they're playing there, right? But there must be a conscious resistance to it. 
And so we must be about the things of God in the church, not about the things of the world. And so to get this stuff out of the life requires Jesus in the life. I mean, it's addictive. It requires Jesus in the life. And so I admonish you in the name of the Lord Jesus to make him first. The last part of the parable is a warning to never base your faith on a date or a time prophecy. In Scripture, there's no time prophecy for the second coming of Jesus. It says at an hour they didn't expect he came. There's no time calculation you can rely on to be ready. The time to be ready is right now, every moment, for the rest of your life. To have Christ, to walk with Christ. If you sin and fail, to have Him quickly as your Savior. Because He is there for you. So that you're walking with Him. To be ready for the darkness of the future. Jesus ends the parable in verse 13 with a command for every believer to be alert in the midst of the darkness. Matthew 25, 13. Watch therefore... For you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. A few years ago, I had an airplane flight to Weimar, California. I had a week of prayer at the academy there. And I usually don't take trips abroad to speak. I like staying right here at home. But I had stayed up real late the night before preparing for the trip, put my bags together, had everything in place. And as I was going on the plane, I thought, maybe I forgot something. Well, I didn't. I had everything with me. When I got on the plane, it wasn't a direct route. It didn't take me, like, straight to California. It took me to Denver, Colorado. And there was, like, a six-hour wait there. And then I would catch my next flight, which took me to San Francisco area. And there I had to drive to the place. It was a long trip around the country to get where I wanted to go. When I got to Denver, Colorado, I mean, I was tired. I had done everything I could to prepare for this trip. I had my talks together. I had my audiovisual equipment, everything right next to me. Whenever I nap in an airport terminal, I tie it around my leg so someone doesn't walk off with it. And I decided I needed some rest. I'd be pretty haggard on the other side of the trip. And as I went to sleep right there in the terminal, it was a deep sleep, and it felt so good. It was good. I don't know why things have to be so crazy before you get on a plane. If I get sick, it's usually I get sick right on the plane because I've been stressed out getting ready for the trip. So I wasn't going to get sick. I was there just sleeping away. And as I was sleeping away, I heard something in my sleep. Michael Oxentenko, last call to board your flight. Michael Oxentenko, last call to board your flight. I'm just sleeping. Opened an eye, looked around, and there wasn't a single body around me. I was alone. I grabbed my bags. I ran for the terminal door. I gave them my ticket. I barely got in before the door was shut. Friend, you don't want to be prepared that way. You want to be ready for your master when he comes. One day the last call is coming. The last call for you to board the plane. It may be this call right here today that's the last call for you. Because you may not live another day. Dear heart, choose Jesus now. Choose him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And guess what Jesus will do for you? He will choose you. Because he already has from the foundation of the world demonstrated at the cross of Calvary. Father, you've said that when we seek you, imperfect as our life is, sinful and flawed, a failed life, 
can be forgiven in a moment in time. It can be covered with the righteousness of Christ at that very moment. And Father, it is very likely some dear heart here today is that very person that I am mentioning in this prayer. If you need Jesus and you don't have him, and you want that assurance, right now the Lord is looking, no one else. Raise your hand to heaven and say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me and justify me in Jesus' name. Give me the righteousness of Christ. Give me a life that's based on your forgiveness, not on trying to prove something to you. May that soul know that they're forgiven. And Lord Jesus said, go and sin no more. And he didn't say that so that they would feel like they have to work hard at accomplishing that which they can't do on their own. He said, go and sin no more because forgiven hearts have power to live for you. And Lord, may they grow in the word of God. May they challenge themselves to seek the living Christ as the water they need and the air they breathe. And Lord, bring us home to glory and take glory in us that you took earthen vessels that were muddy at times that needed to be shaped and you formed them into eternal vessels to your honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there you have it. The conclusion to The Ten Virgins and the Midnight Cry here on Reaching Your Heart. Thank you for listening each and every day on this program. Please remember you can always go to reachingyourheart.com to listen to any of these messages once again. If you look under the broadcast schedule, you'll see this and many more messages available for you to download. If you would like, you can also stream there live on the website, reachingyourheart.com. Please also consider a financial contribution. You can donate online at reachingyourheart.com. Or you can send your contribution to Reaching Hearts International, 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. That's 6100 Brooklyn Bridge Road, Laurel, Maryland, 20707. Keep that address in mind. That is also the address for the worship service every Saturday at 11 o'clock. And we hope to see you this Saturday. For Pastor Michael Oxentenko and everyone here, please also know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.